This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. I'm Stephanie J. Block. And I'm Mary Lee Fairbanks. And we host Stages Podcast. Binge close to 100 episodes. Hear the inside stories from backstage and behind the scenes as we go beyond the resume and into the heart of creativity and what it really takes to be in the business of show business. Don't miss our chats with this season's Tony nominees. If you love theater and entertainment, you are going to love Stages Podcast. Subscribe to Stages Podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts and visit us at stagespodcast.net. Tossed Popcorn is a production of iHeartRadio. Oh, hi. I'm Sienna Jekyll. And I'm Liana Holston. And welcome to Tossed Popcorn, the podcast where two idiots watch every film on the AFI's 100 Greatest American Movies of All Time, the very slightly less racist 10th Anniversary Edition. This podcast... (sighs) (laughs) It's a safe space for people who don't know anything about movies. Today, we're watching Sophie's Choice. Bingo, you look look very nice. You're wearing your cocksucker. (laughs) My seersucker. Oh, yeah. Number 91 on the AFI list. A warning, there will be spoilers about this narrated Hmm. old film. True. People are narrating. Content warning. Oh my God. This is a Holocaust film. Um, We will be discussing the Holocaust concentration camps. Also suicide, suicidality. mm -hmm. uh, Sexual assault. Domestic abuse. Mm Mm-hmm. Liana! Oh my god. Had you heard about Sophie's Choice? I... Let me play you my prediction, because I think that'll answer that question. Good morning, Sienna. Oh! It's Liana. I'm about to watch Sophie's Choice, which I don't actually really know anything about, other than uh, this is going to be a rough one. Everybody I've told I'm watching it has just gone... Oh. <gasps> and Meryl Streep. Uh-huh. But yeah, I don't know. <sighs> I got biscuits on hand, should it be challenging. Good. Love you. Bye. Good. <clears throat> the vibes of our actual prediction environment are 100% different. Ooh. 
Hi, Liana. It's Sienna. I'm in a public space, but I have to do this here. Um, oh my God. I'm about to watch Sophie's Choice. In a public space? I know it's a Holocaust film with Meryl Streep, and she's oh. going to have to choose between her children. Oh. Um, I predict that I'm going to cry a lot. Okay. Oh. Um, I love you. Goodbye. <laughs> okay, where were you? And why? I was... I was an extra on uh, the set of a Christmas film. Yes, so I did know about, like, the... I, I thought it was a lot more, like, a lot more of the movie. I didn't realize it was, like, the twist of the movie. I thought it was, like, what the movie was about. Yep. I did not know it was... I knew... I mean, obviously, from the title, I knew she'd be choosing between mm-hmm. some things. I thought it was an abortion movie. I, as soon as I finished my prediction, I was like, oh, I forgot to mention that I think it'll be an abortion movie. <laughs> that did feel like you know, another that prediction. classic genre. When you said it, your prediction, it did feel like the type of prediction where you're like, you were so confident about something that you didn't even say mm-hmm. it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm yeah. going to be upset. You all know why. It's exactly, it's 100% how I wrote essays in college. I was like, <laughs> we all know what this is. I don't have to say it. You were, you taught me it. You know this better than I ever will. I'm not going to type it out. Well, I've constructed <sighs> I have constructed a bit of a synopsis of the film. Please. Sophie's Choice. A southern <laughs> aspiring writer named Stingo. <laughs> Specifically Stingo, more often than Stingo, by the way. Narrates his experience knowing Sophie a Polish Catholic woman who survived the Auschwitz death camp during the Holocaust. She and her toxic boyfriend, Nathan, become Stingo's best friends as they all traipse around Brooklyn and try to ignore their dark pasts, mainly Sophie's dark past. Beautiful Meryl Streep as Sophie Mm. tells us horrible stories about her time in Nazi captivity about her guilt, her shame, and her regrets. Uh, the big spoiler that many of you may have heard about, about having to choose between her children, the uh, notorious Sophie's choice of it all, is a twist that comes at the end, which maybe people wouldn't expect if they already knew the spoiler. Maybe they thought mm-hmm. that that's what the whole movie was going to be about, but it actually is a short thing. <laughs> the end. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Liana, I am really sorry. This is part Thank of you. <laughs> what's going to inform our experiences of this movie because you had to do the historical context. Uh, um, yeah, I, I think that that's this that's mm, this, that is really what's um, a weigh in on my energy right yeah, now. For sure, that was. We always do a little check in about our energy levels before we start recording, and I was like, "Well, I'm." Googling Nazi programs. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yep. It was. That's I mean, where you know. I'm at. Yeah. Well, Liana, if yeah. you would be so, so brave and, and sure. so uh, generous, if you could give us some <laughs> historical context on this movie. Um, a, a, a neighborly wave to you and welcome to the historical context ugh, for Sophie's Choice. The 1982 film based on the 1979 novel of the same title by William Styron. (sighs) Okay. The novel itself actually sparked a bit of controversy because some have criticized Styron for choosing to write a Holocaust novel 
about a main character who is Polish and Catholic. Totally. Um, And sort of focus on like, oh, the universal evil, universal evil that Nazis were doing, um, which many have felt is is a bit of erasure about the specifically anti-Semitic bent of the Holocaust. Right. So that is something to... uh, Yeah, definitely... Definitely. That's like the main um, controversy about the Mm -hmm. novel. Oh, God. Okay. And now um, a bit of historical context about the specific characters or events or programs that we hear mentioned in Sophie's Choice itself related to the Holocaust. The historical figure who we see in the movie is Rudolf Hess. H-O with the two little dots above it, S-S, who is the commandant. He was the Nazi commandant of the Auschwitz concentration camp. And he is who Meryl Streep's character is um, made to be the sort of secretary for or the translator for, whatever her role is. That that guy was a real historic, or he's playing a real historical figure. Um, Hess in 1920 joined the Fry Corps, which was sort of an early days indicator of like what became the Nazi party. In 1933, he joined the SS, the Schutzstaffel, and in 1938 was appointed to be adjutant of Sachsenhausen, which is one of the concentration camps that's mentioned in the film. Then later in 1940, is appointed commandant of Auschwitz concentration camp. And it was there that he oversaw the conversion of the camp from a work camp to an extermination camp. His family genuinely did live on the grounds of Auschwitz, which you see in the movie. It's wow. like literally a death camp. And then they open a gate into like a garden and a house. It's it's crazy <laughs> to look at. Yeah. Um, and Hess apparently wrote poetry about the quote unquote beauty of Auschwitz. Which is to say this guy was very evil. Mm. In 1946, he was captured after fleeing when um, it was looking like the Red Army was going to be taking over. The Russian army was going to be taking over or heading toward Auschwitz in Poland. But he was captured and ultimately gave testimony at the Nuremberg war crime trials. And in 1947, Rudolf Hess was hanged for war crimes on the grounds of Auschwitz. Good. So that is where that <laughs> that's where that guy's story ends. Um, Sachsenhausen was a concentration camp uh, that opened in 1936 north of Berlin in Germany. From 1937 to 1938, they actually transported a lot of Jewish prisoners from Sachsenhausen to camps such as Auschwitz in occupied Poland because they were focused on literally getting Jewish people out of the German Reich itself. They were like, oh, not even this like camp. We have to transport them to somewhere not inside Germany. Uh, yeah. And so as a result, many Polish prisoners and Soviet prisoners of war were sent to and killed at Sachsenhausen, that concentration camp, which is one that Merrill mentions. Somebody, either she or somebody in her family is sent to that camp in the movie. Uh Okay. And finally, um, a bit about the Lebensborn program, which is the program that Meryl Streep is trying to get her son to be accepted Mm -hmm. into in order to have him released from Auschwitz. 
The Lebensborn program was created by the SS in late 1935, which is the same year that the Nuremberg Laws outlawed marriage between Jewish and non-Jewish people. And the program was designed, quote, to promote the growth of Germany's healthy, quote unquote, Aryan population, end quote. That quote is from the United States Holocaust Memorial Museum's website. The Lebensborn program was founded by Heinrich Himmler because Germany's birth rate had been decreasing for decades. Initially, the program was designed to provide pregnant, quote unquote, Aryan women with financial assistance, adoption services, and a series of private maternity homes where they could give birth discreetly because if you were a single woman who was pregnant at the time, it was very socially embarrassing mm. to be that way. So they were like, oh, okay, well... So they were like, oh, okay, we'll come to these very discreet maternity homes instead. The program was also designed to discourage abortions, which is just like, you know, one of the myriad instances of sort of Nazi hypocrisy where they were forcing abortions in pretty much anybody who was not matching the Aryan race, abortions or sterilizations, but then strictly outlawed abortions for people who fit their description of like an Aryan quote unquote person. Wow. Uh-huh. And so in order to discourage more of those abortions from happening, they developed this Lebensborn program in order to say like, hey, you don't have to um, abort the pregnancy. You can instead like birth the child in this discreet way mm-hmm. and setting. Um, the program, the Lebensborn program only accepted those who could prove their Aryan ancestry People could be denied on the basis of racial impurity and health issues or a family history of, of physical, mental, or psychiatric disability. And by the end of the war, the Lebensborn program was actually complicit in the systematic kidnapping of thousands of, quote, biologically valuable foreign children to be raised in German homes. They ended up kidnapping children from Eastern and Southeastern Europe, mostly, and placed them with German families and told those families that the children had been orphaned by war because they were so focused on building this like specific master race as part of the Nazi, very eugenics yeah. um, mission. <laughs> um, yeah. But the program, the Lebensborn program, was actually kind of a flop by the end of the war, there was a lot of serious concern throughout it over um, the quality of the medical care that was uh-huh. actually being offered in these uh, homes that were being provided for these new, these pregnant people. They also did not advertise the program openly because its whole emphasis was anonymity. And so people didn't actually like necessarily hear about it. So people still were getting abortions elsewhere instead of like coming and discreetly giving birth it's also, you know, probably not the only reason that people were <laughs> choosing to get an abortion instead of giving birth in one of these clinics. But by the end of the war in 1945, only about 7,000 children had been born into Lebensborn program homes over its nine years of existence, which is a relatively quite low number. Mm. Um, And to sort of conclude the historical context for Sophie's Choice, this is a quote from the United States Holocaust Memorial Museum about the Lebensborn program. Because again, Meryl Streep's character is very focused on trying to free her son from Auschwitz by 
having him accepted into this program because it was seen as, you know, a potential way out for him. The Holocaust Memorial Museum writes, quote, the legacy of the Lebensborn program includes broken homes and devastated parents. It also left a generation of children forced to contend with identity crises, as well as the social disapproval that often accompanied their association with a Nazi eugenics program. And that that is the end of the historical context for Sophie's Choice. Thank you, Liana, so much for that. Yeah, yeah huh? it's an intense movie. I really did not know what I was getting into when I was it's... making my coffee this morning. Has Kevin Klein just run away with your manuscript? <laughs> Take a minute to go catch him. We'll be right back. <laughs> this is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the LA Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, my name's Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. I just had a great conversation with Michael B. Jordan, and you can listen to it right now. Michael is known for his performances in both film and television. His breakout role was in Fruitvale Station, playing Oscar Grant, which earned him widespread praise and numerous award nominations. His portrayal of Killmonger in Marvel's Black Panther, one of my favorites, further solidified his status as one of Hollywood's leading actors, earning him widespread acclaim for his complex and compelling performance. In our conversation, Michael really opens up. You're going to love listening to it, and I can't wait for you to check it out. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. 
It's always the feeling when you're getting ready to, you know, people give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. People quit. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, Liana, <laughs> shall we move on to our phone notes? Yeah. Well, we will look yep. at the notes that we took on our phones while watching the movie. My One of my overall sort of takes on it is... It was an interesting perspective because, you know, we've seen Schindler's List, which is very much about sort of 1939 to 1945, that period. Yeah. And this movie is set in 1947, two years after the war. So you're seeing the ramifications of the war from a different perspective than what we've seen with a movie like The Best Years of Our Lives, which was about American soldiers. Yeah. This one is about like a survivor of a concentration camp. Yeah. And what her life looks and then does not look like, you know, in the immediate post-war era. A survivor who wasn't necessarily a hero ever. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It really had me thinking about the eugenics part a lot, since that's like a lot of what they talk about since she has that, that program that we were talking about and whatever is discussed a lot. Like, right. Usually it's just like, yeah, the Nazis, bad people with insane opinions doing horrible, (laughs) horrible things. We're, we're seeing like, how this horrible stuff affected everybody and how people <laughs> bad people with insane opinions <laughs> is true. And You're usually right. we're seeing like all the ramifications of like, Oh wow. It's crazy that, that such a strong and wrong ideology was able to take hold of a country and like take place in policy, et cetera, et cetera. But this mm. one, since it was like the smaller story, like, They spent just a little bit more time talking about those ideologies where you got to sit with it and be like, what the fuck? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Wait. It's it's weird. I feel like what we often are are taught or what a lot of media covers is the like Nazi emphasis on extermination of a people. Yes. And what was striking to see in this film was that they're they're doing that and at the same time trying to do like a propagation of a different people. Yeah. Was yeah. it's like oh god that's right. It was it a was, real it was a war on a million different fronts. Yeah. And it was a very strong reminder of like the literal mission behind this, that there was like a mission yeah. beyond just because right. it just feels like hate and extermination mm-hmm. and just like you know. But like what yeah. What insane <laughs> opinions really led to that. Yeah. But also Another reason is on the list, Meryl. Oh, <sighs> Liana, let's talk about it. Um, I'm so I happy. Knew. I'm so happy <laughs> about your first note. I knew we'd feel the same way about this. <laughs> oh, Sienna, I think you've summed it up best and most with the most brevity with, with your first, first note. Why is a man talking? <laughs> the movie starts. The one thing that we can be sure of. Is that uh, Sophie, Sophie is going to make a choice? Meryl Streep, and the it's, the goddess of this film, who we all know is very in this film. Yeah, and it starts Not off her like, opening monologue. You can call me Stingo, <laughs> <laughs> a Southern American. Oh no, hang on, <laughs> a man from the American South. Yeah, is m- m- monologuing. About his life? And I was like, am I watching the right film? I I just did not expect that at all. 
I had no um, idea it was going to be told for in in the style of the Great Gatsby. Yeah, <laughs> where exactly. This random flimsy ass white dude shows up and is like, "Here are my observations about this <laughs> kooky couple." There was a beautiful woman who I watched. Uh huh. And I was like, "Wait, yeah, Sophie? Yeah, <laughs> who has to at some point make a choice? I know, am told, have heard. Where is she?" <laughs> Sienna, you wrote another my two boyfriends movie. See Butch Cassidy and Cabaret. You're it right. Really, it's a genre. We found another she, genre. Mm-hmm. And she it's, really she bones both of them over the yeah. course of the film. Yeah, which is I think a first. Okay. No Cabaret, they all boned each other. But guys, woo. Um, one thing that I did not expect about the film Sophie's Choice, mm-hmm. it is very bone heavy, openly horny. It is. It is. They say the word horny in it. Because their relationship. Yeah, they do. I don't think that's happened on the list. I, no. I don't think it could for decades. The toxic relationship between Nathan and uh, Sophie is often expressed by them, like, just starting to have sex in front of whoever's there. It's so. <laughs> Stingo trying to get horn dogs. <laughs> they were two. They were horn dogs. They were horn dogs. They were absolute horn dogs. Yeah. <laughs> Leon, you've written. I noticed that you've looked like garbage every day in class. <laughs> Have you ever had a, a teacher, a professor, kind of ch- check in with you? Yeah, yeah, me too. <laughs> Just to be like, like mm-hmm. <laughs> because so she, they do sort of, I guess, a flashback to her meet cute, if you will, yes. with Nathan. Where she's in English class at the library, and she looks so brink of death. And her teacher comes up to her after class and is like, "I, uh, how are you? <laughs> like, I noticed hey, you, Queen. You've looked a little bit. I don't know the exact wording that he uses, but he's basically saying you you look terrible. Are you good? <laughs> yeah, you've looked delicate." I do want to. We both just, wrote it down. We did write it down, but I wanted to just briefly just acknowledge their meet cute. Uh huh. <laughs> terrifying. And those terrifying me cues in the world, which is film. she thinks she got abducted. She throws up in his hand, and he's like, "You're beautiful." <laughs> he's like, "You're so beautiful." <laughs> I could. I didn't realize it was a flashback until they cut to it was snowy outside. Because throwing up in the palm of someone is such an intimate thing to yeah. do that I assumed this was well into their relationship. Which again, like I know they're making a point with this that it's like their relationship is so um, unhealthy that it's completely based on Very her not being intense. well, and he, you know, mm-hmm, she mm-hmm. heals him and he gets he just lies mm-hmm. to her. Um, uh-huh. But yeah. yeah, he's like, "I'm a doctor. You're beautiful. Throw up in my hand. I'm gonna take you home. I will abduct you're so you." Gorgeous. <laughs> oh my gosh! Mm-hmm. Great call, Liana. You said, "Is this guy even a biologist?" <laughs> she is putting her hair behind her ears she is smiling she's doing triangle face very proudly the trust issues are paying off um <laughs> my trust issues make me very good at suspecting things in movies yeah my instincts about that man were correct in that he, was, he was a liar was and lying. insane <laughs> <laughs> there comes a point yes. In every movie or every real interaction with a man where you go, I bet he's fully lying. (laughs) (laughs) 
again, <laughs> young men. Yeah, they'll just I, and this they just was an era. Say things. And you know, Sophie also was a liar. Sophie was but a liar. Not in the same way. Sophie was a liar. But we give so, you know, Sophie was a liar. <laughs> Stingo perhaps told a lie or two. I, I I stopped listening to him maybe halfway through the film. <laughs> you said your response to the old woman question not good. Do you remember this? Uh huh. She was like. <laughs> This was so funny. He is such a 22-year-old guy. The mm. speed with which I would get the ache right then. Okay, because this this felt like a very real kind of like thing that might happen between sort of like two people who like each other. She's like, oh, Stingo, I don't know if I can be with you. Like, I'm so fucking old. Like, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm just like, I'm like 31 and you're so young. You're 22. You probably wouldn't even want me because I'm like an old lady. And instead of being like, what? Come on. you That's not at all. Like, you are not old, first of all. And also like, shut up. Yeah. He, he yeah. was like, uh, come on. Um, I mean, uh, you're always, you know, you're, thir- yeah, you're a lot older. Uh. <laughs> But don't call yourself old. Don't say that. Don't I'll say manage. you're old. Which to be like, don't say you're old. It's like, well, you are going to age. Like you will yeah. become old. So Yeah. Yep. I'm older than you. Don't say 100% that. 100% the wrong response. <laughs> no, I, <am. laughs> I Yeah. Shortly yeah. after that, she's like, listen, I can't marry you. And I know all the reasons that it was yeah. that she couldn't marry him. But I'm mm-hmm. sure that that response to the old lady question did not help. <laughs> I'm sure that was, yeah, a part of the kicker. She's, she's like, like I'm eight years older than you. And he's like, no, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> you're not. That would be disgusting. No, I literally am. <laughs> no, I, I truly am. <laughs> I am. And I also have to tell you this extremely traumatic thing. And you are not going to handle oh, it well. You're still pretty. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, I know that. That literally has I'd been still a big bone source you. of a lot of my trauma. Yeah, that's sort of. Have you not been listening? <laughs> okay, let's talk. Let's talk about. The, the actual scene of the titular choice, the choosing. I'm so sorry. I was very confused as to why she had to choose between one or the other. What did you know? Why she had to choose? Yeah. It was literally just... Was it just I mean, like psychological torture? Yeah. And mm-hmm. I didn't expect that either. I thought that this was more of like um, there was some weird policy or some sort of some yeah. situation that was going to mean that she had to choose. And I thought she was going to sit with it for a long time and think. Mm-hmm. That's what I thought it was about. Not that yeah. literally a man came up to her and was... And this does kind of make more sense in terms of how like genocide and war time, like war crimes, et cetera, like how it would look that someone just comes up and is like, you have to choose, choose right now, Mm -hmm. choose right Mm -hmm. now, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. What struck me about it is, okay, A, that once again, Stingo flopped in his response because the first thing that you say, which is the truth is like, okay, that was not your fault. What happened out there? You, you did not have a choice. And that's the second thing. That's B. She didn't, she was not really given a choice. It wasn't a setup where it's like, you know, in 24 hours, you have to let us know. That's what it's I thought like, it would be as well. It happened within the span of like two minutes. And it was just like people like basically ripping Pick her one. child from her Pick arms. One. Like yeah. it, the To call it a choice is not yeah. really. It, it was just a form yeah. of torture. Mm-hmm. It was really gut wrenching. Like that was it felt like horror movie stuff. Yeah. Which is of course it is. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah. Oh my gosh! I wow. do. Oh I feel my like my my sort of analysis of the film 
would be, to me, the title actually refers to what she does at the end of the movie in choosing to leave Stingo and go back to Nathan. Because I was thinking about that. Um, because, like, she basically, like, then chooses to die by suicide. Like, inherently, by going back to Nathan, she kind of knows where her life is going to go and, yeah. like, how it's going to end. Whereas she knows, like, if she stays with Stingo, she can sort of build something with him for a long time. So to, to me, that's sort of how I think of, like, that's, at the end of the day, the titular choice that she makes. Because interesting the, the, the sort of climactic moment, there just was not really any... She had no agency yeah. in that in that setting in that no, situation. No, I think it's a good point. She had a lot of choices all throughout, and um, yeah, it's a strange one where it's not like we see her growth and whatever. It's more just like all this horrible stuff happened, and she did not mm-hmm. again give us like the classic hero moment. <laughs> I'm so sorry, but. <laughs> She sort of leaves Stingo like a five star review. <laughs> yeah, she does. <laughs> Wonderful lover. You were you were such a good lover. That is not why I chose to leave and go back to Nathan. Just and I was like, honestly, very courteous of her to give him that because like forever he'd be like, was I courteous. so bad at sex that yeah. she, she decided to go back to this very abusive and dangerous man? Yeah, and she was like, no, that's not why. Yeah, you were she did great at it. Kind of the opposite of uh, um, <laughs> of a Forrest Gump situation when they bone <laughs> and then he runs for three years. <laughs> she leaves. She, she does like, leave a note. Really good job. The sex, great. You were so good at it. You did so well. I do. You know what? <laughs> it does make you wonder why they wrote that in. And it's kind of like, oh, okay. So like the narrator did like the man who wrote this just really want to make sure everybody knows. <laughs> He makes it about himself again. You know, also He's like, when, and just so you know, she you know told when me earlier, I was amazing at sex. When earlier, <laughs> like, okay. when earlier, she's like, "So is your book autobiographical?" And he's like, "Is it? I mean, um, I, uh, I guess, I guess in a way, it, uh, when, now that I think about it, I guess it is a bit autobiographical." <laughs> <laughs> That'd be the same if somebody this was like, "So true. is this movie that you narrated was that autobiographical?" Was that like, a, oh. like, um? You well, know what? It's about uh, this woman, but I guess it's mainly guess about me. It's mostly about me. And I guess at the end, she does say he's very good at sex. So maybe yeah. it's a bit autobiographical. It is actually. Yeah, that's a, that's actually about me. <laughs> like, why would you write that in? This is a whole that's movie about, about every this woman I've ever lain with. Horrible experience in the yeah. Holocaust. And then it yeah. ends with her being like, you, the sex. Five great. stars. <laughs> would bone again. That was not, not a problem lifetime. here. That wasn't a right. problem. It was all the stuff that I went through and, the, you know. No, she truly like leaves a Yelp review. Before she goes. Ridiculous. Male nonsense is so so pervasive. It's ridiculous. It was a little bit of male nonsense. There was plenty of it in this. He's so entitled. But I would be grateful. I mean, if if I boned the man of my dreams and then he was gone the next morning, but had left a note that was like, you were so good in bed. I'd be like, you know what? Fine. (laughs) It was truly very polite. Yeah. Yeah, it was so nice. Are you even a biologist? You You better have an answer for us when we come back in just a few moments this is it your moment this is your time to make your comeback with purdue global when you come back with a purdue global degree you create opportunity for yourself your family and your future it's a degree you can be proud of 
a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle and I'm an investigative reporter for the L.A. Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, my name's Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. I just had a great conversation with Michael B. Jordan, and you can listen to it right now. Michael is known for his performances in both film and television. His breakout role was in Fruitvale Station, playing Oscar Grant, which earned him widespread praise and numerous award nominations. His portrayal of Killmonger in Marvel's Black Panther, one of my favorites, further solidified his status as one of Hollywood's leading actors, earning him widespread acclaim for his complex and compelling performance. In our conversation, Michael really opens up. You're going to love listening to it, and I can't wait for you to check it out. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. It's always the feeling when you're getting ready to, you know, people give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. People quit. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Badges and Tragedies, shall we move on? Yeah. Yes, welcome. This is our segment, Badges and Tragedies, where we award badges for breakfast as a thruple. <laughs> and Tragedies for... Telling a stranger she just has anemia. Great. So um, my first badge is spam. Because <laughs> I like spam. So much spam. The most I've ever seen. Yeah. Badge for those tights with the seam at the back. Very 40s. I think yeah. they're so sexy. <laughs> I love them. I love that. I, I love that. so sexy. Okay, hot. <laughs> that was uh, minutes in. It's not my fault. I didn't know. <laughs> badge, badge for Meryl. Oh, I mean, it is hard to state. We didn't even really discuss it much in the in the notes, but because she, it is understood, it's understood. <laughs> we don't need to. 
She is I'm not going to write that down. You She's all know. She's <laughs> she, she is mm-hmm. just an amazing actress. She really yeah. she really rose to the occasion. She carries the whole goddamn movie. She has to be sick. She has to be she <laughs> You are very impressed when people act sick. <laughs> I am. <laughs> she, of all the things that she had to do in this movie, and I'm like, she had to have a she cold. Was sick. Very convincingly. <laughs> and everything else. She and had all the accent. She was speaking languages. She was Many speaking languages. languages. Okay, uh, my next badge is a badge for, uh, yeah, Sophie's choice of which language to speak. Uh, multilingual <laughs> queen. <laughs> Badge for the most lovely hammock sit I have ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> Just another talent of Meryl Streep's. <laughs> uh, badge for don't you catch things in the South? When Nathan throws a beer at Stingo and he doesn't get it. Nathan's like, no, I was facing the other way and you threw a glass <laughs> bottle at me. Or Stingo is. <laughs> badge for Coney Island Thruples Montage. Oh my it, god! In the my two boyfriends movies, you got to get a thruples montage in there, and mm-hmm. um, Coney Island looks so dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> like they really weren't thinking about people; they were just like, we yeah. can make a tube spin now. So those roller coasters were not up to any semblance of a code, but uh, it was a fun yeah. one of those fun times before the before the bad stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, a badge for the acting was so oh. good. It was so- I, I was noticing that obviously throughout, but particularly in the scene where she's speaking with the commandant and you can see that she's very short of breath yeah. because of how nervous she is. Uh-huh. I was like, damn. It's really such a gift to watch her. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a badge for the conductor windows shot. I'm sorry. That shot was cool. <laughs> <laughs> Um, a badge for myself, because I knew he wasn't a biologist. <laughs> Slay. I do have a badge for Kevin Klein because he's just really good at this, but his character was so crazy. So I'll also add onto that another badge for Meryl. Oh, I, you know what? My final badge is a badge for the actor playing Stingo because I thought he did a good job. And he did I do love a good him job. in Veep. The, the actors were great in this. Yeah. I thought he, um, in the final scene, I thought he, he landed that well. I thought it was a little bit silly to end with an Emily Dickinson poem. But um, <laughs> before that, like when he's just looking at the house and going through the house, I thought he was doing good acting. Good acting. Um, I just need to give a shout out specifically to Meryl's skin. I mean, mm. drop the routine. Very drop gorgeous. the routine. Uh, and just mm-hmm. finally and outwardly stated, the acting acting in this movie it really is why you come to watch it yeah you come to this place for the magic <laughs> tragedies <laughs> yes yes my first tragedies for dropping all the spam i was so sure they weren't gonna do it <laughs> and they did it I, I i think i feel i assume you would love that when they dropped it yeah a little gag <sighs> i also don't like that when people have to pick all the stuff up <laughs> Yeah, he's gonna have to pick all the spam up from the ground. Yeah, you saw my room in earlier. Most my gags, room is there's like a consequence. Oh, I see. My room is covered in spam right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Listeners, Littered it is with spam. Yeah, she's practically a brand ambassador for spam right now. <laughs> um, my first trage is ITVX movies sponsored by Candy Crush because I watched this with commercials, and as it turned out, I watched this with one commercial and it was that over and over and 
over again. <laughs> I cannot imagine a good placement for a commercial in this movie. <laughs> were they between scenes or did they just pop in? Ooh, they would. They were almost between scenes, but it was right at the end. And then there was a little bit more of that scene when they came back from <laughs> sponsored by Candy Crush. Wow, crazy. Um, tried for the N word. God, it yeah. Really early on, you're just like, uh. oh my god. <laughs> Uh, Tragedy for what is this doll over the telephone? The doll at Leslie's house I over like the that. telephone. I like that phone doll. It was crazy. It was. It crazy. was so tall. It had to cover the phone. Oh my gosh! I mislabeled a badge. I I have one other badge. Okay. Which is a badge for a night hat. Would you like to come up for a night hat? Which she <laughs> says instead of a nightcap. Or when I she calls that. it a cocksucker jacket instead of seersucker. <laughs> That was crass, but I loved Night Hat. Trage for the survivor's guilt bullying that is so explicit Gosh. and so cruel. Yeah, that Gosh. was that was crazy. Mm-hmm. A trage for Nathan proposed to Stingo before he proposed to Sophie. <laughs> that was the most shit-ass proposal. His back is to her. He's like, hey, will you be my best man? <laughs> And will you be my best woman? <laughs> That's so funny. You're completely right. Also, will you be my wife? Yeah. Also, sure. And if you want to come too, you can come to the wedding as my spouse. Trage for is anyone here Jewish? I did wonder that a few times. Like the actors in the film? Yeah. Mm. The actors, because Kevin Klein's character was in his, he's half Jewish apparently. And it's, it, but it just, okay. it, just the right. fact that you, you are left wondering that. Yeah. A number of times you're like, I, I don't know. It's mm-hmm. obviously very specifically on one story. And again, I get that that's the point. But you do. That is a part of this is that you're like, mm-hmm. there seems like there's some other experiences we might touch on mm-hmm. a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Particularly relevant Off- in the situation. Um, my final trage is a trage where I sort of can't really believe how much this movie is not about Sophie. <laughs> Anytime it cut back to Stingo's novel and monologue, I was like... Stingo trying to get laid. What? (laughs) Stingo trying to get laid. Stingo trying to get paid. (laughs) Sophie's Choice and Stingo trying to get laid. Those were the two films in this film. My word. Um, I got a trash for it. It's quite long. It was quite long. This movie was quite long. I got halfway through and I got scared because I was like, there's so much more. Yeah. (laughs) There's so much more. Um, It really took a while. Trudge for this is a very entitled little speech from Stingo, mm. um, especially at the end, particularly when he was like, "You have to marry me. You oh, have to marry me." Yeah, and he, you know, he did a good job yeah. acting this, but there was just a bit of bitterness that you could sense mm. from him at times, or like when she wasn't giving him what he wanted. Just on and certain, you know, he obviously really loved her and cared about her, but you know, there's yeah. that kind of like pervasive entitlement. Um, mm-hmm. He, like and have, seeing his bitter face, just it, I hated it. Mm. Um, uh, trage for one of the most horrific moments in cinematic history when she tells them to take her little girl. Trage for all of Sophie's cowardice. I think that it was really um, a really intriguing story for that reason, and um, probably again like really real. Like of course. It, mm-hmm. It's so much easier to show bravery in these um, types of stories 
when there's like an obvious injustice going on. But anyway, it was just really sad. It is just uh, sad. She never really like. It was very sad. Mm, mm-hmm. Oh, Sienna. <laughs> yes, Sienna. Shall we head upstairs for for <clears throat> for dinner with our neighbors in our next segment? How to pretend you've seen this film. This is for you are. I don't know. At Coney you Island. You are at Coney Island. Yeah. You are at Coney Island. You are strapped into one of those, the big spinny thing, and uh, mm-hmm. it is and not secure, first of all. No, but also there's plenty of spots available, yeah. and yet Nathan uh-huh. makes a straight line right towards the spot right next to you. And you say, are you And he says, cooking? hey, if you need to throw up in my hand at any point, that is a-okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so perfect. Yeah. <laughs> He puts his hand in front of your mouth. He says, oh boy, I just, this reminds me so much of uh, a film that um, I liked specifically for how it taught me how to have a meet cute. (laughs) (laughs) That movie, of course, was Sophie's Choice. And you're like, oh my God. Oh my God. Why now? Don't do this. And in order to stop Nathan from... Vomiting? <laughs> Vomiting facts at you about this movie. We're going to give you some sentences you can say to pretend you've seen the film Sophie's Choice. Yes, Nathan, I have seen the film Sophie's Choice. Meryl Streep absolutely carried the show with her incredible acting in that film. Mm. Nathan, I have seen Sophie's Choice. One thing I don't think we're all talking about enough as a society is how very beautiful the apartment that they lived in was. Yeah. <laughs> You're on the yeah. other side of me. <laughs> on yeah. the ride. <laughs> Lean over. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes, Nathan, I have seen the film Sophie's Choice. Uh, that, that film is hard to watch for many reasons. Um, one of them being that Sophie is not a classic hero character. And she has a lot of regrets by the end of the film. Mm. Nathan, I have seen Sophie's Choice. And before the ride gets going, let me just apologize in advance. Sometimes I get a little stressed out on rides. I get a little profane. So I'm sorry if I let loose any of those Anglo-Saxon four-letter words. (laughs) Yes. Agree, I say. (laughs) Yeah, you lean in again. (laughs) I lean in again. I say, oh, yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. She will. She's gonna. (laughs) She does that. (laughs) Uh, Yes, Nathan, I have seen the film Sophie's Choice. It was not what I expected in many ways. Um, Mainly that her actual choice about her children doesn't come till the end. It happens very quickly. And also that it is narrated by a man the whole time. (laughs) I genuinely did not expect it to be that genre of movie. (laughs) Ugh. Um, this is the ride is coming to an end and he's still trying to trying to talk to me and I'm so dizzy. And he says, you will move mountains. And I say, right now, I can't even move my tongue. <laughs> wow, you are excellent at weaving these in. <laughs> uh, and I lean over and then I say, I can't I can't I can't feel mine either. Um, and then we both um, we disembark and we head for lollipops. Or cotton candy. Yes. Or a funnel cake. 
yes. a Coney Island funnel cake. Um, Nathan remains strapped in as we waltz away to get a funnel cake in our next segment. <laughs> should you watch yes. this or this is where we tell you if uh, mm-hmm. you should watch this film or if you should do anything else with your time. I have one. Okay. Oh, I think this is hard because this is a great film for seeing a Meryl Streep performance, mm-hmm. but it's also a really hard film to watch. So if you are looking for something that is less psychologically taxing, obviously you could watch any Meryl Streep movie. Or you could watch the 2022 version of Lady Chatterley's Lover on Netflix. Because Leslie mentions that book in the movie and Leslie's fucking correct. Leslie's not fucking, but she's fucking right about (laughs) Lady Chatterley's Lover. Lady Chatterley's Lover starring Emma Corrin. They are so excellent in this movie. It is spicy as hell. And also just very gorgeously shot and feels more like a piece of escapism when you are looking for something a bit much lighter (laughs) as entertainment. Yeah. That is what I would recommend. Fantastic. And Um, then just YouTube, YouTube the clip of Meryl Streep saying the word go in The Devil Wears Prada because nobody has (laughs) ever done it like she has... No one um, has said that word like Meryl Streep has said that word. Yes, I'm going to give you recommendations of something else that you can watch. I did like l- to say I like this movie. It's always weird with movies like this to say if you mm. enjoyed it or whatever. But, you right. know, like the viewing Appreciate. experience. Yeah. Um, I. I I thought it was good. Like I mm. got a lot out of the viewing experience. I, the mm. acting was really enjoyable and um yeah it's i i feel a little weird because like i think we get really desensitized particularly around the horrors of the holocaust because it's just like yeah once you know that that is what the movie's going to be then a mm-hmm. lot of the stuff that we saw i'm like yes i expect to see that mm-hmm. but if mm-hmm. that's going to absolutely mm-hmm. ruin your day or if it's just like a really traumatic thing <laughs> yeah to think about and whatever like then i'm going to give you other things that you can watch but i i did out of a lot of the movies on the list think this one was this is one i would watch again in another mm. time. Um, mm-hmm. But um, uh, a movie that you could watch instead. I mean, as you said, Devil Wears Prada, great. And just mm. other Meryl movies. I mean, she is wonderful mm. all the time. So yeah. I'm going to say one that I watched recently with my friends that we've talked about before on this podcast that is an obvious Toss Popcorn favorite, which I'm sure we have recommended before. <gasps> the film Mamma Mia. <laughs> I mean, if you want to see Meryl have a good time. Ugh. <laughs> Instead, and just show her range even uh, more. Her vocal range. Her vocal range. And that is one of the most... I, last time I watched films. it, it is perfect. And last time I watched it, I didn't even realize how much of like a girl power movie that was. Like, uh, it is women. It is women. 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 <laughs> so it's the opposite of a man narrating a woman's yes. pain. It is women having a yes. good time. Yes. Um, yes. Obviously, extremely, extremely different. Not powerful in the same way at all. <laughs> I mm. do think this was a good movie, very much. Yeah. But if you wanted to see Meryl somewhere else, I love that movie. If you haven't seen it, check it out. Yes. Yes. Liana, what would you rate the film? Sophie's Choice. Uh, oh, God. Meryl's performance is five breath work yeah. acting exercises out of five. 
the movie itself, I, I again, I usually rate these based off of like my viewing experience. I, I didn't enjoy watching it. Um, I think I would, I would, <laughs> I think I would give this movie. Four. Night hats out of five. <laughs> I think it was powerful. I think the acting in it was really great. I, I enjoyed the period costume. Um, really hard movie to watch, which is not necessarily like doesn't make it a bad movie, just makes it not a fun viewing experience. Yeah. And also just very odd. <laughs> yeah, it, it is, is odd. so male focused. It's, it is an odd movie. Odd. <laughs> odd in that way. Sienna, what would you rate the film Male Sophie's Choice? and Catholic focus. Male and Catholic. Oh my is, gosh. <laughs> Title of episode. <laughs> I, I also am giving it a four. Mm. Four hammocks out of five. Mm. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. I thought it was really good. The things that are hard are really, really hard. Um, the moment, the moment itself with her daughter is really gut-wrenching. And it's obviously about one of the worst historical events in history um and they really have you make you sit with that but um the acting was so good Mm. and a lot of the like them just being in brooklyn and whatever was kind of chill i don't know it was a really Uh weird movie in terms of like how they broke it up Mm -hmm. um so anyway uh yeah i would watch it again and get a lot out of it She's mm. so good at acting. It Meryl Streep yeah. is amazing. That's really mainly what it is. Meryl Streep. Meryl Streep. Meryl Streep. Meryl Streep. So there you go. Wow. Sophie's wow. Choice. Wow. That feels like a big one to have watched. It does feel big. Mm-hmm. Stingo. Mm-hmm. Stingo. Tector. Thank you, everyone, so much for listening. We are Tossed Popcorn. Hey, we are a grassroots podcast. If you like the show, let a friend know about it. Growth is so critical to the economy, um, to our lives and our livelihoods and our careers. Tell a friend about Tossed Popcorn. Give us a five-star review if you haven't already. Reviews are super, super helpful. Post about us. Comment on our posts on social media. Share a meme or two. Why not? And we are on Patreon. That's patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Tossed Popcorn, where we post, y'all, so much bonus content. (laughs) So much. And join us next week when we will be watching. Hmm. What is this going to when be? When we will be watching Goodfellas. Oh. Only no. eight more movies. Holy shit. Holy shit. Holy and shit. a couple of them were, were going to be suffering. <sighs> <sighs> Thank you. We love you. Bye. Bye. You can find us on Instagram as at Sienna Jekyll and at Liana Holston. Please check the description for the spelling of our dumb names. We put out episodes every Tuesday, so make sure to subscribe so that you don't miss an episode. 
See you next week on Tossed Popcorn. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, check the iHeartRadio app. You're so beautiful. Would you like to live in my home? Oh, you're very beautiful. You know you're very beautiful. What? I I huh? I just fainted. What? I just threw up in your hand. I'm Stephanie J. Block. And I'm Mary Lee Fairbanks. And we host Stages Podcast. Binge close to 100 episodes. Hear the inside stories from backstage and behind the scenes as we go beyond the resume and into the heart of creativity and what it really takes to be in the business of show business. Don't miss our chats with this season's Tony nominees. If you love theater and entertainment, you are going to love Stages Podcast. Subscribe to Stages Podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts and visit us at stagespodcast.net. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to the one and only Ryan Seacrest. Love the connection to people. I think at the core, what I get excited about, what gets me up in the morning, is connecting with people in an unscripted, unvarnished way. It's getting to, to say something to them, hear back from them, know that I'm part of the routine and I look forward to getting on the air. I look forward to it. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers.